This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town Listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 105, covering the new comic books we read that came out, New Comic Book Day, May 5th. I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot. <laughs> and this particular podcast is more fun than Gamora and Nebula on a family picnic. Oh, reunion. I am Groot, Chris Latori. I'm joined right here with my sort of co-host for a little bit, my wife, Patsy Latori. Hi, Patsy. And thank you for so much for joining me. We're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We will kind of spoil it, so spoiler warning. But thank you so much for joining us here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we recommend to you an amazing list of fresh new comic books that come out every single week. And please, never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast by subscribing to it and following us on all the Instagram, Twitter, Facebooks, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics. And please check out our little baby of a YouTube page, youtube.com slash Lat. And three quick things, of course. If you yourself are brand new to comics, you want some advice as to what to read, then this year's Sunspots Comics podcast is for you. Or if you've been reading since the very formation of the universe, like myself, and you want to save some time and money, and you want someone to tell you what to go get as far as comic books go, then this year's Sunspots Comics podcast is for you. And two quick thank yous. Thank you to Nick Papa George for making our theme song. What do you think of our theme song, Patsy? I love it. It's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. Thank you, Nick Papa George, for making our Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check him out. He's a great musician at facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. And also thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori, who couldn't be here co-hosting this week. He's ill. I hope you get better. I hope that cough goes away. I know it's not fun, but please check uh, Justin's blog out. He does our Sunspots Comics blog. You can find it at blog.sunspotscomics.com and follow him on Instagram at just sunspots. So get better, Justin. Get better. Drink lots of fluids. Rest. <laughs> Take two of these and call me in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and it's free comic book time. Yes, it's that time. I'm going to be giving away a free comic book and what I have this week for you, for you listeners, just as a little thank you for me is Han Solo issue number two. It's written by Marjorie Liu. She's uh, well known for her comic at Image called Monstrous. You should look at that. It's gorgeous. 
and her writing is amazing. She wrote this Han Solo issue number two. Lovely, lovely art from Mark Brooks. And Han has to find the mole. He has to uncover this mole and win like a space race at the same time. Can he do both? Can he do both, babe, do you think? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's Han Solo. Come on. But uh, the first one to grab this code and then take the code over to marvel.com slash redeem wins this free comic book. So good luck to you. It's just a little thank you for listening to the podcast. It's a free comic, Han Solo, issue number two. Here comes the code. Get ready. Get your, grab your pencils. Grab your number two pencils and get your get your Scantron. Here it comes. Here's the code. F is in Frank. C is in Charlie. M is in Mary. B is in boy. Q is in queen. One. D is in doctor. R is in Roger. W is in whiskey. V is in Victor. L is in Larry. Q as in queen. So really fast. Coming at you. Flash style. F-C-M-B-Q-1-D-R-W-V-L-Q. Did you got all that? Got it. <laughs> so write that down. Your first come, first serve. Whoever can grab that code, go to marvel.com slash redeem. We'll win Han Solo issue number two for free digitally. And please follow us on on Instagram because I, at Sunspots Comics, I will be just giving more comic books away and giving those codes away from time to time. I never use them. Why not give them away as little little gift nuggets to you for listening? So check us out on Instagram at Sunspots Comics. I'll be giving away some more free comics very, very soon. So let's get into Sunspots Podcast, issue number 105, starting out with some stuff. Yes, that's what that soundtrack is that, that sound effect is for. That's floating around in our nerd brains. And the first thing, and that's why I've got Patsy here, the first thing up inside of our nerd brain is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We saw the movie in IMAX 3D. What was your favorite part of it, Patsy? Well, I'm a romantic, so I think it was the part where they were dancing. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was cute. That was very cute. And who's your favorite character overall in the movie? And why did you? What and what and what reason did you love that character? My favorite character was little baby Groot. Because I am Groot. He's cute, and his eyes are just so big and adorable. And he reminded me a lot of my nephew Nick. Totally. Hi, Nick. I love you. Totally reminded me of Nick. Hello, Nick. Nick. <clears throat> But yes, this is a spoiler, semi-spoilerish free review of the movie. So just in case, it's only we're only gonna talk about it for a couple minutes. But I've seen it twice already. I loved it. I saw it in IMAX 3D the first time. How dare you see it twice without me? <laughs> I took my, I took Dad, and he really enjoyed it. One thing that he added that was unique was that the '70s soundtrack. He remembers these songs a lot of them because he sang them on stage, like uh, "Summer Nights" from Glenn Miller. I think it was Glenn Miller or Glenn. Southern? Southern Nights, yeah. <laughs> what was the guy's name, though? It was like Glenn something. Glenn Miller. I think his name is Glenn Miller. But anyway, he remembers that song because he sang it on stage. So there, so the 70s soundtrack was really making my dad like tap his foot and, and bob his head. And I loved seeing him uh, do that as I, as I watched the movie with my dad, Roger. So I, I think the movie was phenomenal. It was absolutely an explosion of color. Did you notice that? Yeah, a lot of color. I mean, it was like... Even Justin said, man, it seemed like even sometimes too much color or they were just throwing in a lot of rainbow sprinkles to, to make it look rather visually interesting. But I loved it. I just thought it just, you know, was so appealing and there was just so much, such a wide range of strange colors. I love that. Um, I love that Regal Cinemas and Edward Cinemas, they're sort of putting together some merchandise you can buy. Like there was a, a $20 combo to buy a shirt and a soda and, a, and popcorn for 20 bucks, So I couldn't pass that up. I got that. And... 
even through the Regal Cinema Rewards Crown Points program, I got another free shirt that I'm wearing right now. It says, I am Groot, and little baby Groot face. So I'm loving the merchandise out there. I even love the Telltale video game, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I've only played a little bit of it, but I love it. It was only five bucks on Xbox Live. And I'm even going back and watching the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. So, like, I'm all nuts, all in Guardians of the Galaxy. So, what was your favorite part of it, babe? You love the romantic part of it, but, yeah. I mean, what... What was the most fun to you? What was the most uh, fun part of the movie, you think? Oh, watching Groot dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great, too. That opening sequence, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of fun, I thought. It, I wasn't even looking at the background. Were you looking at the background? No, that's why I have to see the movie again, because I totally missed everything going on behind there, because I was so focused on little Groot. He's yeah, so cute. just makes you so happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> just looking at him. <laughs> but it was amazing. The movie had heart, too. I mean, Kurt Russell, uh, you know, being... Star Lord's dad and the sort of complex portion of the of the movie based on that, and I'm you know I, I'm a big sucker for those those father son moments, and there was just a lot of that here. I mean, at its core, at its heart of this movie, it's about family, right? It's about a, a ragtag family put together, and they're they're all sort of kind of orphans and or have these strange relationships with their with their family, and it's about the the Guardians of the Galaxy being their own family, you know? Yeah. That's at, at, at its core, so I absolutely loved it. That's really all I'm going to say. Um, also, as a bonus here, I've got some. I've got a free Guardians of the Galaxy comic book code I'm going to give to you. So as another little bonus, just because I'm all Guardians of the Galaxy up in my brain right now, this is for Guardians of the Galaxy issue number one by Brian Michael Bendis. And this code, you can, again, can go to marvel.com slash redeem and get this Guardians of the Galaxy free comic. And the code is... Here you go, so listen carefully again. Uh, stick your earbuds in, further in your ear, into your ears. It's R as in Roger, E as in Edward, G as in George, G as in George, 2, D as in David, U as in under, 5, R as in Roger, 3, R as in Roger, J as in Jasper. So there you go. There's another code. I'll give it to you fast. R-E-G-G-2-D-U-5-R-3-R-J. And as a bonus, there's Rocket raccoon and Groot number one and Drax number one with this code just enter this in at myregal.com it's rcc free comic all together looks like it's all caps so those are a bunch of free comics just grab those digital codes first come first serve go get them i'll be giving out some more of these really soon i did get uh, some from regal cinema so just watch out and listen i'll be giving some more away but thank you for joining me patsy thanks for thanks for watching or listening in right here and talking a little bit about guardians of the galaxy volume 2 would you see it again Yes, of course. Yes? Would you, what did you think of the IMAX 3D? Did you really like that aspect of it? I really did. And I got dizzy a few times. I was so, like... <laughs> Blown away? Yeah. Yeah, it did have some really unique visuals. So I'm a big fan of it. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's absolutely worth the money. Totally, totally check it out. And I have a little background for you. I just wanted to give a little bit of background to Guardians of the Galaxy. It started in 1969. And the creators... Uh, were Arnold Drake and Gene Colan. They were the writer and artist team that created Guardians of the Galaxy in 1969. Their first appearance ever, the first time you ever saw them in anything, was Marvel Superheroes issue number 18 in January of 1969. Did you know it was that old, Ben? No, not at all. Yeah, well, like, like anything Marvel, I guess it's all very old, but that's just a little nugget there. And the team was totally, totally different consisted of a whole different group of people basically i mean some in name uh, were the same but the 1969 original members were charlie 27 martinex tinaga nikki starhawk talon vance astro slash major victory and yondu 
So of the 2008 team, Yondu was really the only person that was on the old 1969 team and the 2008 team because that's when they revived it. And the 2008 team had Adam Warlock. So, uh, of course, a little semi-spoiler. Uh, you will hear the name Adam in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but I won't say where or when. Bug was a character. Cosmo the Space Dog, which, of course, we see visually. Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, Groot, Jack Flag. Mantis, so we did get to see Mantis. She was on the original 2018 Moon Dragon, Quasar, Rocket Raccoon, and Star Lord. Did you know that there were that many characters in 2008? No, I did not. <laughs> so we saw a lot of them, but not all of them. But just a little interesting little mini background little nugget on the Guardians of the Galaxy. I hope you enjoyed that. So you're going to go now back to sleep, babe? Yeah, he's making me sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. You've you worked uh, 16 hours. It's time for you to get some rest. But thank you for jumping in and semi-co-hosting with me. I appreciate it. And you nerd now a little bit. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes you, if I'm the king of nerd, you're the queen of nerd. So thank you, my queen, for, for joining in on the nerdness. Break a leg. Thanks. <laughs> so the next thing, a little nugget of nerd that's inside my nerd lobes is free comic book day. It just happened yesterday. Yes, there were so many free comics that were given away. Go check out the website, freecomicbookday.com. It's great to see the updates, the list, and to know what's coming that's going to be given out free at local comic book shops. Not every local comic book shop participates in Free Comic Book Day. So I wanted to give a shout out and thank you to the shop that I went to. It's called Shop Called Quest in Claremont, California. I really appreciate you guys participating. You were very generous with the, comic, the Free Comic Book Day selections. You had a nice two tables set up there and just were like, hey, help yourself. And you just kind of monitored it so that people weren't just taking mega stacks of them. But you guys were really generous and you really went out of your way. And you had a couple of nice little sort of sales going on in the store. So I grabbed, I actually grabbed the hardcover of Hellboy Into the Silent Sea, which I don't buy a lot of hardcovers. So I, it was just a fantastic comic book I'll get into later. But I picked that up and I picked up Nam Wolf number one again. So I had just an extra copy of that. And they just uh, were really supportive of Free Comic Book Day. But... You should do what you you know do what you can to get to a local comic book shop. It's always the first weekend, the first Saturday in May of every single year. It's really gaining a lot of momentum, and I really just make treks out to various local comic book shops and try to support them. Buy some stuff in the in the store. The local comic book shops have to pay for free comics on Free Comic Book Day. They're not free for them, so it's really just a an avenue to get people excited and get them to their store. So if you're there and you pick up a bunch of free comics, you should just buy something. But remember that for next year. I'll talk about it as it's coming closer, of course, next year. And it seems like every year there's more and more comics on this free list. And they're starting to actually put full issues, like full 28 to 32 page issues of a comic, where before they were just like little six page previews. They're really spending some time and some money picking a a really interesting comic and making sure it excites people and gets them to buy their title and make them full issues of comics which i've been saying since its origin and for free comic book they should always do that it should be just full-on previously on in case you missed and then a full-fledged comic so they're really kind of gearing in that direction so it really makes me proud and happy that uh it's ultimately the the major distributor in america diamond that has created this free comic book day and it's it's really starting to to grow and build so Jump on the train. That is Free Comic Book Day. And again, check out freecomicbookday.com, like bookmark it. So next uh, year, May 2018, first Saturday in May, you'll be ready to grab a ton of free comics. I grabbed a stack. I was super happy that I got the primary 
three that I really wanted, which was the I Hate Fairyland, done by Scotty Young. Uh, it's I Hate Image, actually, from the creator of I Hate Fairyland, Scotty Young. I managed to grab that. You should get it. Secret Empire, issue number one. It's a full Marvel issue here, written by Nick Spencer, so check that out. And the all-new Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are like the three, for me, at its core, were that were really important to me that I got. And I was so glad that I actually got them. But, um, again, freecomicbookday.com. I can't preach it enough. It's a wonderful day. It's a great holiday. And then even close to May the 4th, which is fine. It just kind of rolls with that. But uh, the next thing on my nerd brain is the Comic-Con Revolution, Saturday, May 13th in Ontario, California. This is coming right up. It's the... The first ever for them in the city of Ontario doing a Comic-Con convention. And it's in Ontario. If you live in Los Angeles, check it out. It's not that far from L.A. It's you know a 30-minute drive, less than 30-minute drive with no traffic. But it's really starting to build. They're really starting to get some top-notch artists and writers at the Comic-Con Revolution. So it's in my brain. I'm super excited about it. Top of the list for me is Chris Bacciolo. Bacciolo. He's the current artist of Doctor Strange. So I'm really super excited to maybe get him sign something, maybe do a sketch. But he's right on top of the list, but the list just kind of goes on and on and on. There's a ton of sort of new and upcoming independent comic book creators that I'm all about supporting. So I'm definitely going to spend some time there with my sketchbook and try to meet some people and talk to people. And there's going to be a ton of booths there just selling all kinds of comic book stuff and nerd fun things. So I'm definitely going to be there. And the cosplaying list and the cosplaying group of groups of people that are going to be there is extensive so may 13th that's next saturday check it out comicconrevolution.com you can get more information there tickets are still on sale so go there go there go there and the last thing that's up inside my nerd brain is that i'm writing a comic book it's called zombie destroyers yes. <laughs> and i'm doing the writing and my friend jordan is doing his amazing beautiful art he's kind of a greg capullo in a way um to me He's got some great lines. Please check out his art on in Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. Thank you so much, Jordan, for drawing Zombie Destroyers. I really appreciate it. You can see some samples on our website that is zombiedestroyers.com. We've put pages one through four there. So just check it out to put your eyeballs on it and see what my comic book is all about called Zombie Destroyers. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. I'm actually... Uh, I finished and completed, finalized the writing for a two-page splash page on page 22 and 23. So it's done, and it's going to be glorious. I can't wait to see it. It's very, very bold, very explosion of, of, of beautiful art that's, that's all being done by Jordan Hudson. So I can't wait to see it. We're going to be wrapping up issue number one at pages 30, 32, and we hope to be done by this summer sometime. So I can't wait to get Zombie Destroyers out there. It's a dream come true that I'm actually creating a comic book. But please check out zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. And also, just a quick mention of a segment on our podcast called Spotlighting. Yes, uh, I am an independent comic book creator myself, and I try to share some of the work of people that are in comics now. that are trying to make it out there. I definitely want to give them some support and talk about their comic books and help people that are listening to the podcast find their work. It's tough to be a, a comic book creator and to get your work out there, so I completely understand. So I'm doing what I can to help on our segment called Spotlighting. So if you're trying to break, break into the business or you're already doing it and you've broken in and you want to talk with me and share your experiences and talk about your work, uh, like some of the past interviews that just happened, like the wonderful interview with the creator of, of the Action Lab Danger Zone comic called Blood and Dust, Mr. Michael R. Martin, check out some previous interviews on the feed. But send me your review work, send a copy of your comic to me directly, 
at chris at sunspotscomics.com or of course just send me a message on all the social medias and i definitely want to do what i can so that's what this spotlighting segment is for so hit me up if you got something you'd like to talk about so now on to my favorite part of our sunspots comics podcast which is our comic book reviews and recommendations yes this is the comic books that i picked that were my absolute favorites of the comic books that came out on new comic book day wednesday may 3rd and of course semi-spoilerish alert question mark <laughs> i don't really talk about the last couple of pages of the comic so you're going to be safe there i only talk about some of the interesting points i'm really just trying to be enthusiastic and use my harness my powers of persuasion to just inspire you to go to a local comic book shop and buy these comic books and support all that is comics because it's worth it and it brings everyone such joy including myself but just in case of course you've been semi-spoilerish alert warned that i do sometimes talk about some of the points of the comics but you really don't have to worry about it just listen in it's fun it's good stuff and if you want to see everything that i'm reading all of my picks my favorite picks of the week's Everything cataloged, cataloged on my site since May of 2015. Just go over to sunspotscomics.com. Click on pull list to see the list of 148 titles that I'm currently reading. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. It's a lot of reading. And also click on best top comic books of the week to see all of my favorite picks of the past. It's all there. I update it, compact it every single week. I'm super proud of it. Please just check it out at sunspotscomics.com. And of course... Every single week, I pick an artist winner, one that just stands out, that is the best of the best, and a artist cover winner. And this week, it was one in the same book, one in the same artist, from Black Bolt from Marvel Comics, Black Bolt number one. It's artist Christian Ward, and I even want to plug his Instagram. Check it out, because he, he puts some of his beautiful art there. It's at cjwardart. CJ Ward Art on Instagram, or just, of course, search Christian Ward and you'll see it pop right up. But his art is beautiful. This cover, I'll start with the cover. It's just iconic and classic. It's got this black background, and the symbol of, of black bolts on his forehead is just there in white on this completely black background. And then you see these ominous eyes peering into your very soul, these blue eyes that are gorgeously drawn. It's so simple, yet so iconic, and there is this sort of outline of his, the top of his nose to the bottom of his chin, and this sort of look of anger in his eyes. It's just, uh, it'd be beautiful on a black shirt. I want this. You gotta see it. It's gorgeous. It's simple. It would be an amazing poster, but just this black background. It's so very striking. The white sort of, almost Prince-like symbols, it reminds me of when Prince was just a symbol and took away his name. Because he was fighting with Sony. Remember that? It kind of looks like that. But the Black Bolt. I don't know. It just reminds me of that. His symbol. But these piercing blue eyes. These crystal blue piercing eyes are just... They, like I said, they peer right into your very soul. And it's just beautiful. And his art is gorgeous. So many lines. I imagine we're not going to see issue number two. till 2021 or something. Because there are so many lines. There's so many little attention to details here. I love the iconic stylistic look that he's taken with Black Bolt. Even his restraints and what this alien sort of um, like mask that they've stuck on him to keep him from talking. It's, it sort of reminds me of the, the newer movie Tron, the new Tron, not the old one. Has this dark blue, but yet this <clears throat> these pink, pink sort of glowing lines. And it's just gorgeous. But the eye detail out of this world. He absolutely tells the story here because Black Bolt can't speak through a lot of this. 
through Black Bolt's emotions on his face. It's just, it's beautiful. It's it's top notch. It's no one can really do this in the biz, folks. You should definitely put your eyes on Christian Ward's art. But I mean, what he does sort of with smoke coming off the character, how he sort of uses noise in the background or someone yelling without any sort of dialogue bubbles. Uh, it just has this great, also like a kind of how things look in negative. Like if you've seen a photograph in negative, there's a lot of that sort of opposite blue and white sort of coloring that's going on here. It's it's just gorgeous. And a lot of it is, is definitely spent in this dark blue hue, which is just a, so appealing to the eye and also looks very kind of kind of um, you know ominous and sort of dark. And at times, Black Bolt's just peering out of the darkness and it really is just striking. And there's a, there's a scene here. It's a full horizontal four-inch panel of his eyes and this angry look and it's just the furrowing of his brows and the lines between his eyes that absolutely sells this angry emotion that he's definitely expressing here and the expressions all of them emotional expressions are just gorgeous and the single page splash where he's kind of sort of breaking out of his restraints is a plus absolutely lovely you have to put your eyes on black bolt number one so easily the art winner and the art cover winner this week, hands down, Black Bolt number one. Thank you, Christian Ward, for your beautiful art. I follow you now on everything. I'm going to buy more stuff that you do. I will be watching you slash stalking you online from now on <laughs> to buy all your stuff and tell people about uh, your art. Christian Ward, at CJ Ward Art. Again, go look at it. Go buy some of it. You'll be happy. <laughs> And now the breakdown, of course, I always like to tell you just everything I bought and how it broke down. I bought 19 comics this week, and 9 of them made the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right at that 50%, and 50% is always preferred, so very, very good there. And uh, it, also, the new number ones, I like to just break it down. There were 6 of the 19 comic books that I read were new number ones, and 5 of those 6 made it to the Great Ones list, which is awesome and never really happens. So I thought that's a, very much a testament to the new number ones that came out this week. Of the six I read, five of the six of them are on the Great Ones list that I'm about to discuss. So let's get into it. Let's go. This is my top comic book recommendation list. This is the Great Ones of the Greatest Books that I read. The comic books for New Comic Book Day, May 5th. I consider these really to be the best of the best of the 19 comics that I read. Making it easier for you, so just go buy these. So now on to the countdown. Let's talk about the nine. So coming in at number nine... From Dark Horse Comics, Predators Hunters, issue number one. This is number one of the five new number ones. And this was a setup issue. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to read you the sales pitch at the very beginning. Here it is. From the immemorial, 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 <laughs> the extraterrestrial creatures known as the Predators have come to Earth to hunt mankind's mightiest warriors. But this is the year that a group of human survivors turn the tables on their hunters and the Predators become the prey. And that's exactly what this is all about. This is the gathering of a predator-hunter team, and it just gives you a, enough of each character to be completely interesting and kind of want to know more about them. Each one of these five characters has a little, little flashback as to what happened to them. Right off the bat, there's an excellent action sequence that shows these three guys running through this jungle trying to, trying to escape or hunting a, a predator. I don't want to blow it all for you. But one of those characters end up, ends up being one of the sort of five predator hunters that are sort of explained here. And it's a lot of setup. It's, it's a great little attention to detail with referencing 
past Predator comic books. I love that because I've read them all through Dark Horse. So it was nice to hear this character was in this run of Predator. So it's really a gathering of interesting characters that were hunting Predators or survived a Predator attack that are now gathering on this team to be Predator Hunters. So totally fun. It was action-packed. There was a lot of flashbacks to set these characters up, but they are definitely interesting and different and all bring sort of a little different flavor to this this nice chocolate sundae of of this team that is gathering here to, to hunt Predators. So I'm all about it. And I got to give uh, props to the team of uh, creators on this. You had Chris Warner was the script and writer, and the artist was Francisco Ruiz Velasco. So great team, art was solid, and it paced really well, and it wasn't kind of boring, even though it was a lot of just kind of set up and talk, but you get to see this Predator team gather, and it's going to be interesting, and where are they going to find the Predators? We This was primarily just those flashbacks of how they dealt with Predators in the past. So I'm very excited about this, I'm totally in, it's added to my pull list, Predators, Hunter. Issue number one, check it out, it's my number nine. And coming in at number eight is The Flintstones, issue number 11. This is from DC Comics, and it's just been a surprise comic for me, really enjoyable. Mike, Mark Russell is the writer, and Steve Pugh on art. But this is very, it's an odd, it's a funny, it's a weird kind of comic. Um, there are a lot of a sort of direct uh, homage and reference to the old Flintstones, but this is very much doing sort of its own thing. It's it's very, uh, to take a word uh, from Taserface from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it's metaphorical! <laughs> yeah, it's like one of my favorite moments of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh my gosh, you gotta go see that movie. But this has an opening sequence with Bam Bam and how he's cutting this tree down and you think he's just doing this horrible thing and destroying this tree, but he's building this awesome tree house. He's like this little nature boy. I love this sort of weird aspect of Bam Bam, but he does talk on this, but very little. But it's just a kind of a, you think, oh, wow, there's, he's destructive, uh, kind of teenager. But no, he's actually doing something very sweet and builds this birdhouse. I was even kind of a sucker for that. It was kind of a warming little moment, but... This is uh, this has so many reflections to what's going on in, in, in today from our political climate. Uh, um, but this has a group of neighbors, kind of a very um, <laughs> kind of vegan, uh, kind of hipster of you know neighbors that move into the Flintstone, that move into Bedrock right next to the Flintstone family, and how they deal with that. Um, it's almost like a a commentary on homeowners associations in this very first part of it because. There's a statue that Barney gives to Fred, and it's 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 you know it's horrendous. It's giant. It's it's this. You gotta see it. It made me laugh out loud. It's this buddy buddy statue that Fred makes for for him and and or for Barney makes for him and Fred, and it's a riot, absolute riot. But of course the uh, the new sort of uppity neighbors uh, don't really like this humongous eyesore in the middle of their neighborhood, and it's kind of how they deal with it and sort of creating a HOA and. How um, in, in now and today, it's you know HOAs are still sort of viewed this way as just being obtrusive and um, you know as this this uh, this delegation of people that monitor how you live in your home and how you you know how you mow your lawn and trim your hedges. But it's just a great little commentary on that, and uh, that was enough. Uh, that that was two or three points that I gave you there. You definitely should be reading it. It's only on issue number eleven. Uh, the primary core of this story, though, I must say, the most interesting part for me was. This alien, uh, this alien family here, this uh, that that has decided 
to pick and choose what what planets they they believe should be allowed to live in the galaxy for various reasons and if they are too intelligent or not intelligent enough or if they are too warlike or they have sort of the set of rules as to what planet will live and what planet will die and the conversation that they have um, as in the middle of this sort of debate over the planet Earth and the Flintstones and who they select as their as Earth's representative to help them decide if the planet is worth living or dying is hilarious. Now, I'm not going to tell you who it is. You got to read it. But check out the Flintstones. Like I said, it's weird. It's funny. It's odd. It's metaphorical. <laughs> but uh, I, I, it's just surprising every week that I'm enjoying Flintstones as much as I do. And I wasn't the biggest Flintstones cartoon fan. So that's, that's a testament to this. It's a great comic. You should definitely check it out. They've given uh, Mark Russell just freedom to do whatever he wants with this. And he's doing a fantastic job. And coming in at number seven is from IDW Comics. It is Brutal Nature Concrete Fury, issue number three. This is written by Luciano Saracino and art by the amazing Ariel Olivetti. I follow him as well. Just search him on Instagram and stuff. Ariel Olivetti, O-L-I-V-E-T-T-I. His art is ridiculous. No one does musculature like he does. It's so detailed and so realistic. And uh, Venom Space Knight. Go back and buy all of the Venom Space Knights that Ariel Olivetti did the art for. Uh, you won't regret it. Um, you can get them kind of cheap in like 50 cent bins and stuff right now. So go get that. Venom Space Knight. Only when Ariel Olivetti did the art, uh, you'll thank me. Trust me. But he's doing this on this uh, Brutal con uh, Nature Concrete Fury. And this actually sort of deepens the origin. Like we're only on issue number three. But this explains a little bit more as to where these masks come from that... Our main character is able to put on and turn into these crazy creatures and be sort of a superhero or villain. He's kind of right now uh, not really knowing where he wants to go with this, but it breaks his character down. It shows that he is uh, kind of down on his luck as far as work goes, and he's this parkour guy. <laughs> That's our main character. He's, he's into parkour. Yeah, and they show him jumping around buildings, and it's actually just fun seeing them flip around and Ariel, Ariel Olivetti with his beautiful musculature of how he draws characters it's just gorgeous it's completely sunlit so it's it's bright the shadows are gorgeous and this deepens his uh, his his character in showing his girlfriend who is pregnant and she is just this spitfire of a person she's interestingly written her dialogue is great she's kind of like a, a pregnant Mary Jane Watson <laughs> it's just she's she's snarky she's got attitude but she's fun and she's very pregnant, and he's really just trying to, you know, get a job and get them out of this this kind of very bad kind of slummy area that they live in in this teeny little apartment because he wants to do what's right for her. And it was a very heartwarming sequence when he finally comes home and he's been gone for a couple days because he's putting these weird masks on and turning into these sort of monsters. He's not telling her all that yet, but it's just a heartwarming thing here. Great character development and... Showing his girlfriend having a coming, you know, coming soon is going to have a baby. How does that affect things? You can't help but wonder in this, will the baby be able to put a mask on? Like, is it going to be baby mask? Like, it seems like not everyone can put the masks on and have, uh, you know, like a good outcome with it. As in the bad guy that they deepen his also, the bad guy here is like this strange sort of, he works with this professor in this weird lab and he tries to put the mask on, but it goes horribly wrong for him and creates these deep scars and has actually killed him a few times, but they brought him back to life because they have this weird, very almost brainiac looking uh, scientist that keeps bringing him back from the dead with all these strange uh, tubes and, and glowing, uh, you know, bins that he sits in and with all these, 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 
strange needles he sticks into him. But they're experimenting on a kangaroo here, and it's worth getting just to see what happens to the kangaroo. I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's worth buying the comic just for that. Gloriously drawn. <laughs> Very strange sequence, but hilarious as well. There's great comedy in this. Um, you don't get to see parkour in comics very often, although kind of that's what everyone's doing, right? All the heroes are doing, kind of jumping from building to building, etc. But, uh, yeah, he's got like a parkour group, like buddies. So, I just think it's, um, it's definitely, uh, the interesting premise with the masks and how it turns them. And it's definitely building up of the bad guy here and the good guy and developing your characters here. But well done, well paced, beautiful, beautiful writing and interesting character development from writer Luciano Saracino. So, Check out Brutal Nature. It's only on issue number three. Go grab it. Parkour! <laughs> and coming in at number six is Eternal Empire, issue number one from Image Comics. This is written by Sarah Vaughn and art by Jonathan Luna, who I love Jonathan Luna's art. It's very sort of simplistic in lines, but very um, physically accurate as far as how his bodies and everything looks and the facial features. But he's, he's very sort of a kind of to explain the emotions on the faces of Jonathan Luna's characters. It's very sort of stoic. There's a lot of little subtle gestures, emotional facial gestures that Jonathan Luna makes in his characters. But they're just enough and they're, they're just the right tone for this particular comic. This is also another number one. This is two of the five new number ones that came out. And there's an opening sequence with this one woman and a dragon and it's very Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. She's standing there with her... You know, her, her hand on the snout of this dragon, and it's this woman standing there, and it just very much reminds me of the Khaleesi. She doesn't have the white hair, but very similar in look and face and skin color, etc. But this is a strange sort of planet, and we don't know when this is. It's just like a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and there are dragons, and there are a lot of people that are just slaves to the Empire. Uh, no, <laughs> slaves to this the higher royalty of you if you will of this planet and most of them are slaves to this sort of farm land and this very strange orangey purple carrot like thing that they eat and it looks like it's a very rough hard life it's very cold their hands are like destroyed there really isn't any machinery to help them so it does have a very sort of low tech y kind of feel very fantasy uh, there's like a strange sort of emu is uh, emu mixed with gazelle that he that people ride in this on this planet in this galaxy etc so it has a very not of earth look to it and i like that it's very sort of fantasy sprinkled sort of like world and um but it's ultimately focused around this one girl who has white hair and blue eyes it looks like the khaleesi as well it just is in my brain i don't know why but is trying to rise up against this this the sacred sons this this group of of royalty that are ruling this planet. Over their planet has three sons, by the way, very Tatooine-like or whatever. And it's just her struggle with it. She sees people that are beaten constantly. She's, like, begging for water and for food, and they're just torturing her. It's just very much in this, the very rich are, are very poorly treating the very poor, and the, they're slave-like working on this farm. And so I just, only what you've been sort of introduced to here is that she's definitely going to be part of an uprising of uh, some sort of rebellion against this empire. It also has kind of a, uh, very much like a, uh, uh, you know, it's got a Game of Thrones feel to it. You know, it has, um, it's just, it, it, I love the otherworldly feel of it. And Jonathan Luna on art is just something special. You got to look at it. It's just so clean and and every line so perfectly drawn and 
everything is very still shot here. There's nothing that's ever sort of blurred out. Uh, it's all very crisp and clear. It's like you're someone shooting with a very wide-angle lens, and everything is absolutely in focus. That's sort of Jonathan Luna style. So uh, if you like that, or that sounds good to you, you're going to love this, because <laughs> Jonathan Luna does it. Check out stuff like he did, like The Sword, which is just one that pops into my head. Absolutely uh, Alex and Ada, I think is the name of it, where uh, a guy and his sort of girlfriend is a robot. But his, and Jonathan Luna's art is amazing. Uh, check him out all over the place. Just search Jonathan Luna, you'll see his art. But Eternal Empire, great new number one jumping on issue. Great setting up here of Khaleesi's world. <laughs> That's what it feels like. But I'm all in. This is added to the pull list. New number one, fantastic, solid work. I think it's going to be a mini series of five issues, but get it. Eternal Empire issue number one, Jonathan Luna, Sarah Vaughn on writing. Check it out. Easily my number six pick of the week. And my number five is also number one. This is the number three of the five total number ones that made it to the list. This is from Aftershock Comics. It's Baby Teeth issue number one. And this is from Donnie Cates on writing and Gary Brown on art. Check out Gary Brown. It's G-A-R-R-Y Brown on Instagram. His art is great here. Very gritty. Very realistic. And this is showing this pregnant woman sort of recording very sort of Sarah Connor, John Connor, recording some sort of, uh, on a record, like in her phone, um, a message to her future baby. And interesting little premise to set the tone here, because uh, she's definitely emotionally, uh, you know, disturbed by this. She's upset. She's sort of crying. She's, it's like she's, she's, so it's foreshadowing here. Something uh, not very good is about to happen. And we are introduced to her sister, and she's very young. Uh, the main character here, Sadie, is like in high school, I think. And she's even being bullied by people. She's trying to hide that she's pregnant. I just, this whole opening sequence was kind of breaking your heart here. And uh, she was, you know, feeling a lot of social pressure being in high school and she's pregnant, but she's trying to hide it in large jackets and coats and lots of layers. And you just really felt for this Sadie character. She seems very kind of snarky and also, uh, you know, kind of a uh, kind of mouthy, kind of smart alecky. And uh, it's definitely an adult comic here, but her sister comes into play here and is like, protecting her like from these bullies that are that are giving her a hard time and i really dig the sister character uh heather is her name she's just got slick black blonde hair she's got these this scowl on her face that, uh, that just is you know she's a badass stay away from her she wears like a large you know belt buckle and drives a truck but uh she just looks like bad news and i really like that about this character heather but baby teeth actually i this is an advanced copy it's not coming out till i think the next couple weeks but uh, even the striking cover has like the pentagram on a birth control test and like instead of it being blue for positive it's like it's the the star of david um or the satanic symbol that's there it's, it's creepy looking but i'm in here so that's an interesting premise uh, as she's starting to go into labor there are complications that's all really all i want to say um so where is this going to go uh while she's having some complications there's like an earthquake going on uh coincidence or is it because her baby's being born is the baby the antichrist like what is it uh it, it's drawn so well great pacing and action packed and it seems like it's centered around two sisters which you don't see very often so i'm all about this i want to read more i want to see more but it seems like they haven't told the mom and dad about this yet and she's definitely trying to hide this pregnancy and she has like this vision in it of what may be the future um, and has to do with her baby so this could be very well the story of this evil sort of antichrist baby that's coming uh, some sort of demon child maybe that's what you're kind of getting a glimpse of a great little mysterious opener you don't know if that's all that this is about but drawn so well great team here like I said 
uh, Donnie Coates, Gary Brown, Gary Brown's art's great. So check it out from Aftershock Comics. I'm I'm in. I'm all about this. This is great. It's also been added to the the pull list. So another solid number one this week. And coming in number four is the four out of five. The new number ones that have come out. We're almost to the end of them. Is Black Bolt issue number one? This is our art cover uh, artist winner, our art cover winner. Glorious, glorious art here. Again, this is a, a must get, a Marvel must get. This is writer Saladin Ahmed, which I've I think this is his first stuff. I've heard that name uh, easily would have you know popped in my head if, if I had heard of his writing. So I want to say he's new, but probably not. He's probably done a bunch of stuff. This is with Marvel and art by Christian Ward. Check out Christian Ward. But here's the solicit. I had to read this to you. Black Bolt is, or was, the king of all the Inhumans, an off-splinter of humanity ex experimented upon by the alien Kree. With the help of Terrigen, a chemical that unlocks keys in their DNA, Inhumans can wield many shapes and powers, but these incredible gifts sometimes come with a price. Black Bolt's voice can shatter mountains and level cities. He has killed many, <laughs> including his own parents. It drove his brother Maximus insane but it has also saved countless others. And when the silent king speaks, the world hears him. <laughs> Great solicit. Marvel does such a fantastic job with those. I almost hear those solicits in, in Stan Lee's voice. I don't know why. Excelsior, enough said. <laughs> but glorious art, we already talked about that. Art winner, cover art winner. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. A lot of darks, a lot of blacks and blues and characters sort of coming out of the dark blue shadows. But this is Black Bolt in this weird prison, strange alien prison. We don't know where he is and why he's necessarily there. He doesn't know why either. His brain's a little, you know, wobbly. He doesn't quite understand why he's muzzled and he's all chained up. And it doesn't seem like there's anyone around, but he hears this voice. Name your crimes. Repent your crimes. So you kind of put together he's in some sort of, you know, strange prison or something in, in space but man the glorious sort of steam that comes off black bolt here uh the look in his eyes the chains the dark blues it's just and even accented with this sort of light red sort of led lighting if you will it's just beautiful quite often fades to black i mean there's even a scene with like this strange sort of alien rat it looks pretty normal actually it's a rat and it's sort of painted with this blue and this dark blacks and it's just something so interesting giving that you're ultimately in the dark in this and i love that feel it just seems like i happen to have read it when it was dark <laughs> and i just had my um you know one light on on reading it and it just it it was so striking and you got to see these blues and blacks it's just beautiful but um he all i'll say he does manage to escape obviously the whole issue isn't him just in prison all chained up and he's, there's no one around. He's trying to figure out like why he's there. And eventually he does run into some people and some things happen. But it's a great jumping on point for Black, Boy. I, uh, Black Bolt. I can't say I'm the biggest fan or know too much about him or have really collected all that much of Black Bolt in the past. But I'm super excited about this. It's definitely, I'm so glad that I just grabbed it, picked it up. But you should do the same. And when you see this cover, you'll know why. It just will, as you're, if you're in a comic book shop and you're scanning over you know, 47 comics in a row, all of a sudden you see Black Bolt, you're like, oh, ooh, okay, I gotta look at this. What is this about? And uh, it's worth it. Absolutely worth grabbing. Check it out. But Black Bolt, issue number one, uh, the, like I said, artist winner, beautiful, beautiful deal for Marvel Comics. Please check it out. But now here we go. We're in the top three comics of the week, and they're such, they're so good. Oh my gosh, you gotta buy all these. You gotta buy them all, but man, these top three especially 
Um, coming in number three is Dark Horse Comics. This is a just hardcover sort of graphic novel, just one shot, Hellboy, Into the Silent Sea. And I bought this in hard hardcover edition, and I don't buy many hardcovers. I really am just a floppy guy. Um, it really has to jump out to me, but Mike Mignola on the cover is gorgeous. Uh, it's Mike Mignola doing Hellboy, folks. It's uh, it's what makes your, your heart happy, so check that out. But this is uh, written from Mike Mignola and also kind of co-written with Gary Gianni, and the art by Gary Gianni is top-notch. Definitely my number two art winner pick of the week, if I had such a thing. I really only pick one, but Gary Gianni's art here is gorgeous, and of course... Colors by Dave Stewart. It's like Mike Mignola doesn't do anything without Dave Stewart doing his coloring. And you can see why when you put your eyes on this. But it wasn't a giant hardcover, I must say. I, I want to say, altogether, maybe 60 pages, 70 pages in that neighborhood. But the hardcover treatment of this is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it was $14.99. Uh, free, free comic book day, too, is on sale. So um, you can find it on sale there, I'm sure, on Amazon. It's that weird $9.73. I don't know why they do that, but um, <laughs> mark my words, it's probably that price on Amazon.com. But this is a gorgeous one-shot tale, strange tale of Hellboy sort of drifting in this graveyard of, of ships, of, of oceanic, uh, old-style, um, like, British... Uh, ships, this graveyard of ships, and he's just sort of making his way through. Very poetic at the beginning. They they um, quote Samuel Taylor Coleridge from the Rime of the Ancient Mariner, which uh, I've read it once a long time ago, but just a great uh, you know seaworthy type story slash poem in very poetic style. And they're reciting some of that as Hellboy's making his way through this graveyard of ships and. The gray tone of everything, and then red, uh, red Hellboy just striking out in red is is beautiful. It's absolutely delightful. You have to see it. And he's making his way through this strange graveyard of ships as he takes off from shore, and then starts to have a vision or time travels. You don't quite know where Hellboy goes, but this other ship comes up, and it is very much out of its time from the way that the pe people talk on it. To it's it's kind of a pirate ship uh, from very much the days of old, maybe the 1400s or something, and they all look like they're cut right out of the 1400s. So, is he having a vision? Is has he traveled through time? Is it this strange ghost ship that that breezes in with this fog that hits the whole area where he's sort of wandering through in this ship graveyard? But. This is a super creepy, interesting story about how he makes his way now. He's a prisoner on this ship, and he sort of befriends a couple of people. And the primary character who is on the cover of this hard cover is this woman that is absolutely frighteningly drawn by Gary Gianni. You have to see it. The way he sort of shadows her face out is haunting. Very, very haunting. But uh, she's a complex character here, and Hellboy and her have this conversation that is just out of this world. There's a great little uh, flashback here. Another, just like Predator's Hunters, this hardcover references a lot of previous uh, Hellboy runs. And I've read them all, so I love the little references, I don't want to spoil them all for you, to some of the past Hellboy series. And some of the people he's met, or things that he's done. So it's great that it kind of ties in. For some reason, I'm kind of missing that continuity because I really love that with Predators Hunters, sort of referencing things of the past. 
and this with Hellboy. I know it seems like a, a lot of comic publishers, primarily big two, are not, you know, really doing a lot of that now. It's all just sort of new arcs, but I liked this paying homage to just Hellboy runs in the past that weren't that long ago and bringing back characters that you'll kind of remember. If you're a longtime comic book reader, you appreciate little things like this, so keep going with that comics. I really enjoyed it. But the captain of the ship here is having some words with Hellboy. There is the strange sort of the woman that runs the ship in that conversation, and uh, and there's monsters. That's all I'm going to tell you. Their monsters are involved, and was this all a dream? Is it not? Is did he travel through time? What is the deal with this strange ship floating through this great ship graveyard? But uh, I loved it from beginning to end, and I reread it, which I don't do very often because I don't have a lot of time. Sure, you don't either. But it's just a great piece in this hardbound cover, being only 15 bucks. It's a great coffee table sort of book. I definitely recommend it. Hellboy Into the Silent Sea. That's the f the five, the fifth and final new number one that came out uh, this week, and it was just glorious and delightful. Hellboy Into the Silent Sea. Go get it. It's worth the money. Go to Amazon, $9.73, I'm sure. <laughs> and coming in at number two is Batman, issue number 22, The Button. More of The Button, and a Flashpoint is kind of mixed into this as well. But this has been so much fun, and I like I wasn't the biggest Watchmen fan, although much respect to it, I didn't enjoy it. This is a story by Joshua Williamson and Tom King, uh, even additional script writing from Josh Williamson, art and inks from Jason Fabok. He's gorgeous. The art his art is is delicious. It's amazing. There aren't enough ways to describe it. Check out Jason Fabok F A B O K on everything social media, especially Instagram. Ton of art there. It's gorgeous. And Brad Anderson on colors. Oh, just popped. Absolutely bright and beautiful and very DC like that you're sort of expecting. But this uh, this is kind of continuing on from Flash and Batman taking a trip with the cosmic treadmill as Batman's hanging on. And go back to Flashpoint Dad, Thomas Wayne, and how he's struggling in his world with this Aquaman and Wonder Woman war that's like destroyed the Earth. Such a neat world to sort of live in. But is that world going to last? Because Flash Flashpoint is kind of being phased out, uh, or phased through in a Flash sense. But this is uh, Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne having a moment here. Father-son stuff, yes! I'm a big sucker for it. Thomas Wayne has been fighting his entire life to save the city of Gotham and the world because his wife and son were killed. That's his sort of strange flashpoint, and he's a very tortured, troubled man, and then boom, there's Flash and Batman right in his face. And he gets to see and talk to his son, and also Bruce gets to talk to his dad, although this is all very otherworldly and very much going away. It is a heartwarming moment between father and son that uh, both spent their lives, you know, constantly um, trying to live up to that ghost image of the other one dying, of Bruce, of course, you know, his dad dying and Thomas, uh, Bruce dying. So uh, it's just this sort of heartfelt moment. And how would you, how if that ever, something like this would ever be impossible to ever happen, but if you were ever to see someone that you had died, how would you, what would you say? What would you tell them? And they do a great job of this because a lot of it's just told in the emotions and the face. And it's just father and son. It's a, it's it's like heartwarming, heartbreaking. But I don't want to tell you what happens here. But of course, uh, we all know that the events of Flashpoint are being retconned, I guess. That's the best way to describe it. There's a lot of crazy DC continuity here to try to get through. But if you can just find a way to sort of park all that and just enjoy Flash and Batman and Thomas Wayne being mixed in here. It's a great standalone single shot issue. 
uh, although tied to the events in the button, it does sort of stand alone by itself with Batman, Bruce, and Thomas, you know, son, father and son, reuniting for a brief moment. And even sort of laying out this, what do the Waynes say? I don't want to ruin it for you. But uh, very cool uh, what they share there and what the sort of Wayne's way is. Uh, just so very father-son. Loved it. Absolutely enjoyed it. That's why it's definitely ish easy number number two. I mean, it's kind of a almost a number one, but this definitely edged out. So here you go, folks. This is the number one comic book pick of the week here out of all of them. Out of all 19 that I read, this was the best of the best of the best. Definitely the greatest of the greats. Number one is Extremity. Issue number three from Image Comics. It's only on issue number three, folks. You should get this. And this is from the team of Darren Warren Johnson. He's the writer, creator, artist, all in one. But we have to mention his colorist, who I follow both these guys. Check them out on Instagram, Mike Spicer. And he definitely has added his unique coloring flair. It's like it lives in this burnt orange sort of tone in that sort of kind of not overly glowing in your face DC coloring style, but very sort of lives in the mid range of colors. And I really like that. It's not dark. It's not too bright. It gives it this, this realistic tone and color feel. Mike Spicer, killing it, crushing it, Mike. Good job. But Darren or Daniel Warren Johnson here has put together this very interesting story of almost like um, the world of, I think it's Pandora in Avatar where they have sort of two factions, two sides of the fence here that are easily distinguished by, of course, this red dot or red streak line on one side of the of the fence and the other side has like a green dot. I just love that, that it just easily tells you that why they're, you know, they're warring together, they don't like them. But and again, this must be the theme, but the father-daughter, father-son moment here is what really gets me here. It's a lot of setup for these primary characters, but... Daniel, uh, the, the creator, talked about the premise of this being that he's an artist himself, Daniel Warren Johnson, and how would he live his life? How would it fundamentally change him if his hands would not work, or his hands were taken, or a hand was cut off? That's what the main character, young woman here, is dealing with. She is known as the artist. She was sort of in a very kind of uh, Yoda-like way, or uh, almost American Indian-like way, given a prophecy of being called the artist, like that is her primary focus in this life. They had, and they had this little meeting with the, with the town elder, and the elder says, you will be the artist. And it's a great little warm moment, uh, talking about tradition and family, and something that the, I wanna say Abba, uh, not the band, but Abba's the father who is the sort of king of their, their, their tribe, if you will. And uh, it's just this heartwarming moment where they see this elder and she tells her that she's the artist. And then, yes, later on, she is, her hand is, t is cut right off. And, and they address that as well. The person that cut the hand off is kind of involved here. And they finally sort of catch that person. What's going to happen, right? Uh, man, yeah, I just, I don't want to spoil it. But ultimately, it's really about family here. There's this warm, touching moment where she's now trying to learn to draw with her other hand. And it's, it's it doesn't... It's not good enough for her. She They show some of her work with her right hand. It was amazing. And she's still trying to relearn what she has learned with her other hand. And her father just, you know, scribbles something next to her wolf drawing. There's this beautiful wolf in this, in this pasture. And she's trying to draw it. And dad sort of says, you're still an artist. Even with your left hand, that is, doesn't work very well. Watch me try to draw something. And it, it just looks like a mess. <laughs> he's like, see, when I draw, it's a nightmare. Even when you don't draw with the hand you were supposed to, it's beautiful. And he tells Thea that. And 
And the emotion in the faces here from his art is just glorious. It's in the eyes. It's like the tear-felt moments in their eyes. But even just the background layouts here of the landscape here is like epic clouds and these rolling knolls of green. And they all sort of... They all they're like little islands that sort of just float. That's why I think of Pandora and... and uh, and it's just these little beautiful little mini Scottish Isles in the sky, if you will. And there's an action sequence here that is so much fun that it was absolutely the winning action sequence of the week here. When this giant sort of rhino pig, ultimately, it's like a mix between a rhino and a pig, but it's giant. The thing is like four stories high and, you know, a, two city blocks long. Giant thing, and they ride it. Uh, starts into this battle. It's like the war has kind of begun in this issue. So a lot of the prior stuff was set up and them sort of trying to find the person that cuts her hand off and they've kind of got that person there's flashbacks to the past to make the bad guy more bad which is great you got to see this and uh yeah there's stuff that even the wolf that she draws there is referenced again and uh, <laughs> but um <laughs> but the action sequence with this giant rhino pig is out of this world and such great uh, blurring for sh for showing speed effect and they're riding this giant rhino pig with with a multitude of teeth and like 50 eyes it even has eyes on its jaw on the bottom parts of its jaw it just so looks otherworldly and of some other planet it's like this it's like a mix between an elephant a rhino and a pig kind of all together in giant style and it's of course every step is adding these shock waves of sound and the war has begun it's very much gives me that brave heart feel and that scene where they just you know the scottish and the english fight on that open prairie it's very much reminiscent of that the war has begun and that's what this issue of extremity is all about and really again like i said that sweet family moment and that prophecy and that she is the artist and that, you know, the ultimate interesting premise of this is that how is she dealing with that without her art hand? And she is sort of changing in personality. She's becoming this Abba in training, the king, the king's secondhand person because her, the Abba's son is very soft-spoken and very gentle. And she is not. She's a little more on the warlike side. She's very much wants vengeance for her hand being cut off. But great story, premise, visual. It, it's all coming together here. Very worthy, number one. Easily my number one pick of the week. I read my comics in alphabetical order, so this is one of the top of the 19 on the list. I put it aside immediately. This is number one. Easy. Extremity, issue number three. Go get the first two. You'll, you won't be sorry. You'll be very happy that you grab these. That father-daughter, family-like moment. Glorious, beautiful, delightful, amazing. I can't give it enough describers. But there you go, folks. There you have it. Those are the new comic book recommendations. Uh, for this week, for New Comic Book Day, May 3rd. Please, please, please go to the interweb, find where your local comic book shop is, and buy these immediately. Tell them Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you. That's right, spread the word. If you have questions, comments, you'd like maybe a personal comic book recommendation, please just email me directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I do read your email and discuss it on a, on a podcast, I will send you a nice comic book prize as a thank you from me so please do that and send in your emails and also tune in next week next week is uh, issue number 106 i'll be reading 16 new comics so kind of a light week for may 10th and five new number one so potentially 21 total comic books i'll be reading and man you, I, you gotta i'll give you a glimpse here of what's coming up the next week just some awesomes just a little bit of some awesome stuff coming out next week for new comic book day may 10th 
The finale of AD After Death, issue number three from Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire. Uh, you've got Amazing Spider-Man 27. They've been away for a little while, so I'm glad it's coming back. Black Cloud, Black Cloud issue number two, um, just to name a few. Fix number nine. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's been weird. Harrow County, of course, my favorite horror comic of all time. Issue number 23 comes out next week, so got a feeling that's going to be a good one because it always is. Uh, Rock Candy Mountain, issue number two. That was a high pick when Rock Candy Mountain came out. So there you go. There's a little glimpse into what I'll be discussing on podcast number issue number 106. Some awesome stuff's coming out, so definitely looking forward to that. Please sign up for our newsletter on sunspotscom- sunspotscomics.com slash newsletter. It's going to be an amazing week of new comic books, so please just subscribe and listen in. But ultimately, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope it inspires you to go and buy some comic books. And if you just want to, if you really enjoyed the the, the podcast here and you really want to just help us, uh, just subscribe, of course, so you never miss an episode. And go to iTunes and give us a positive review with five stars. Or just email me with some positiveness. I just love uh, keeping it all positive and about hope and about positivity and fun. And uh, if you write in and give me a positive review, I will personally thank you right here in a future podcast and give you a shout out. Also, do want to give a shout out to Marcos. Uh, thanks for listening. And I met him recently and talked to him. We had a great conversation. Uh, he works in my favorite Chinese restaurant <laughs> in Chino. But hey, Mar- Marcos, thanks for the nice conversation. Thanks for listening into the podcast and the kind words. And uh, I'm, I'm sure um, we'll be talking more soon about Star Wars and other various things. And I'll, of course, leave you with the positive wise words from Peter Parker's Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. And don't forget, we all have that power within us. So be water, my friends. I'll see you next week. Thanks for again for thanks so much for listening in. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Uh, bye-bye. See you later. I am Groot. 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 Comics now.